Hey guys, welcome to Swerve Church. My name is Danny. I'm so glad that you are with us today. And, uh, and I'm excited to be wrapping up our series today on the Old Testament character, Elijah. We've been for the past four weeks examining uh, the life of Elijah and seeing some amazing things that, and some of the ways that God has used them. Um, we're going to be looking at Elijah through a, a little bit of a different light uh, today. But before we get into it, I wanted to begin by asking you guys a question. And I would love for you to answer it in the comments below. Answer this question. Do you like roller coasters? Let me know right now. Let me know in the chat, in the comments, and let me know. Do you like roller coasters? Are you one of those people that enjoy the adventure, love being spun upside down and going fast and hitting bumps and going sideways and going all over the place? Or uh, do you enjoy having your feet firmly planted on the ground? What kind of person are you? Do you enjoy roller coasters? Now, I'm going to let you guys know, and I'm going to be completely honest. I absolutely hate roller coasters. I do not get on them. I do not enjoy being spun around or upside down. I do not like the fear of being so close to death. I love life and I don't want to be so close to death. Uh, that's me personally. Uh, but there's a reason I bring this up. You see, I think there's a, a comparison. It's not a perfect comparison, but a comparison nonetheless to a roller coaster in our life. Life is full of ups and downs, it's full of different situations, bumps, curves, right? Life is a lot like a roller coaster. And of course, uh, not just circumstantially, there's things that happen in our lives, there's different circumstances and situations that take place, but often those circumstances and situations uh, affect us emotionally or mentally, and we find ourselves, uh, you know, in our lives in different, different ways, even emotionally, the way we feel emotionally, uh, spiritually, mentally, etc., now let me ask you guys a question. It's probably a question that you dread, you hate answering. Maybe you've answered falsely many times when you've been asked. And the question is this, how are you feeling right now? How are you feeling right now? So often we get asked that question and we just come up with a generic answer and we don't answer truthfully the way we're feeling now. But I'm asking you now uh, to take a little bit of a self-reflection and, uh, and, and, and ask yourself that question. How are you feeling? How are you doing? For the past few weeks, we've been looking at the life of Elijah, and he's experienced some amazing highs. He's seen God work in some amazing ways. We're going to see Elijah in a different light today. Let's begin by looking at 1 Kings chapter 19, verses 1-3. through 3. Here's what it says. Ahab told Jezebel everything that Elijah had done, and how he had killed all the prophets with the sword. Ahab was the king of Elijah's day. The Bible says he was one of the worst kings who did more to dishonor and disobey God than any of the other kings before him. And he was married to Jezebel, who the Bible describes as an extremely wicked woman. Verse 2, So Jezebel sent a messenger to Elijah, saying, May the gods punish me and do so severely if I don't make your life like the life of one of them by this time tomorrow. And look at Elijah's response. So Jezebel threatens Elijah's life. And Elijah's response, is he going to respond, you know, with, uh, with courage? You know, is he going to respond, you know, to her with the same boldness that he responded to King Ahab earlier? Uh, here's how he responds. Verse 3, Then Elijah became afraid and immediately ran for his life. Now, this is fascinating and this is amazing because uh, we have seen some amazing things thus far. Uh, in Elijah's life. I mean, he approaches King Ahab, one of the wickedest kings of his day, and he tells King Ahab that because of his wickedness and because he's um, uh, because he is 
leading the people to uh, worship false gods and to turn away from the one true God, that there'll be no more rain on the land and, and God withholds the rain. Then, uh, then God tells him to go to the Cherif ravine where he would provide for him. And, and God provides for Elijah. He gives him food to eat from the mouths of ravens. And he allows him to drink water from the ravine in the middle of a drought. And then after that, God leads him towards a, a poor widow's house. It was just her widow of son. And she says she's in a baked halas biscuit and, and then essentially die because she had no more food. And then God miraculously provides uh, food for them. Her son dies and God restores life to, uh, to her son's life. And, and Elijah is experiencing and seeing all of this. Then there's an epic showdown between the false prophets of Baal and the one true God. And the, the God that would light the sacrifice on fire would be the one true God to worship. And Elijah sees this happen. God sets, sends fire from heaven and consumes uh, the altar. Then last week we spoke about prayer. And Elijah is asking God to, to make it rain. And God allows the rain uh, to, to come. And so Elijah has seen all these amazing things. And he's seen victory after victory after victory. But all of a sudden, after all these highs... Elijah approaches a new low. He enters into a season of fear, a season of hiding, and a season of what you may even call depression. You know, and it's so often the same uh, for every single one of us. Um, our lives are full of highs, and it's after these victorious moments that it seems that it's not too long after that we are approaching a, uh, a decline in our lives and we head into this kind of valley moment um, i want you guys to check out the decline of elijah we're going to pick it up in verse three we're going to read verse three to five uh, see if you can kind of um, see elijah's decline in these verses here then elijah became afraid and immediately ran for his life and when he came to beersheba that belonged to judah he left his servant there but he went on a day's journey into the wilderness he sat down under a broom tree and he prayed that he might die. And he said, I have had enough. Lord, listen to the desperation of Elijah. Lord, take my life for I'm no better than my father's. And then he lay down and he slept under the broom tree. So Elijah goes from this emotional high to, the, to this emotional low. And many of us find ourselves there now, especially in a, in, a, in, a, uh, in a world that we're living in right now with everything that's going on with, you know, COVID-19 and the pandemic and the stay-at-home order. You know, uh, many of us, maybe maybe you were doing very well, very successful, or doing great at, at your work or school or, you know, developed an amazing rhythm uh, in your life. And then all of a sudden, the entire world comes to a halt because of this pandemic. Now, here's what's interesting. Where, where do you think Elijah went wrong? Um, as, I, as I read these verses, I think there's a couple of different um, ways. And maybe you can come up with a lot more ways just from these few verses. But here's kind of what I gleaned from these couple of verses. I think, first of all, Elijah responded out of fear. Elijah responded out of fear. And so often when we allow fear to be our motivator and we allow fear to be our guide, it, it, it often leads us to make irrational decisions. It makes us, you know, make bad decisions because we're acting out of fear. You know, I think also Elijah began to focus on how big his enemy was and he forgot how big his God is, right? He, he was focused on Jezebel's threat 
And, and he forgot how great his God uh, was. He forgot all the ways that God had delivered him. He forgot about how he had miraculously provided food and water and how he had shown off before the 400 plus prophets of Baal and sent fire from heaven. He forgot how God had withheld the rain and, and then how he began to make it rain three and a half years after the drought, after he prayed for it. He forgot. He focused on how big his enemy was and he forgot how much greater his God is. And then another thing that was, I thought was very interesting that the Bible mentions here in verse 3, and that is that he left his companion behind. His one uh, kind of friend, companion, or you know, the one relationship that you know, the Bible mentions several times that was with him, he leaves him behind. He rejects this relationship, this one friendship, this one person that God had placed in his life. He, he leaves him to the side. And I think these are all contributing factors to what led him to this steady decline. Now, let me ask you guys this question. Do you find yourself in a season of hopelessness? Do you find yourself in a steady decline? Do you find yourself in, in a season of sadness or, or dare I even say of depression? Well, I, I do believe that God's word has some encouragement for all of us. Now, here's what I don't want you to hear. I don't want you to hear uh, that, you know, in the next 15 or 20 minutes, somehow uh, Danny's going to pull some Bible verses and he's going to miraculously take away all of your fears, doubts, worries, depression, sadness, and every emotional, uh, you know, hardship that you're facing. That's not what I want you to hear. Uh, we're kind of just surface level, just kind of talking uh, about this. And we're going to even going to continue the discussion this Wednesday in Bible study and I invite you to be a part of that. Uh, but I think we're just scratching the surface, but I think it is important that we begin uh, the discussion. I think it's important that we have a dialogue about it because I know that so many of us find ourselves in this place right now. So Elijah's in this dark place. He finds himself in this emotional low. He finds himself in a fearful position. He's sad. He's depressed. He's begging God to take his life away. That's his prayer. His prayer is no longer, Lord, make it rain. Now it's, Lord, take away my life. And he finds himself in this dark place. How does God deal with him? How does God deal with him? As we go on reading the scriptures today, um, I, I'm going to pose a series of questions. And, uh, and these questions are just going to be for you to kind of meditate and answer yourself and to kind of reflect on and to see if these questions can hopefully lead you in the right direction. And the first question I'm going to ask us today is, do you have regular rhythms of rest? Do you have regular rhythms of rest? Look at what it says in 1 Kings chapter 19, verses 5 um, to 7. Then he laid down and slept under the broom tree. Suddenly an angel touched him. And the angel told him, what did the angel say? You guys see that word, those words there? It says, get up and eat. Then he looked, and there at his head was a loaf of bread baked over hot stones and a jug of water. So he ate and drank, and then after that, what did he do? He, he laid down again. Then the angel of the Lord returned for a second time and touched him. And he said, get up and eat, or the journey will be too much for you. Isn't it interesting that among the first things that God permits in Elijah's life when he finds himself in this emotional low is to eat? and to rest. And sometimes the most spiritual thing that we can do is rest. But admittedly for me, I don't know about for you, be honest with me, um, it's something that's very difficult for us to do. We are not very good at establishing or creating rhythms of rest. 
especially here in New York City where we're constantly on the go. One of the most difficult things for people during this whole uh, pandemic and stay at home order uh, has been uh, to, to, to not do anything because we're so we're constantly on the move. We're constantly uh, working and moving around. We always have something to do. And all of a sudden the world comes to a halt. You're ordered to stay at home. Businesses are closed. Restaurants are closed. And, uh, and we don't know what to do because we don't know how to rest. In fact, one of the most disobeyed commandments uh, that, you know, of the Ten Commandments is probably the one of keeping the Sabbath, of that principle of having some time to rest. Uh, you know, I have a mentor of mine, and he's constantly me at prying me in this question. He's constantly asking me all the time. And he tells me, Danny, you don't break any of the other Ten Commandments, right? I'm pretty sure you're not around lying or, or stealing or killing people. Uh, but, you know, are you disobeying God in the Sabbath? Do you keep regular rhythms of rest? And this is a great question uh, for us to answer. And, and we're not very good at this at all. And it's one of the hardest things for many of us to do. Do you have regular rhythms of rest? Have you created that in your life? Isn't it fascinating that God provides for Elijah in this time by giving him bread, giving him water, giving him food, feeding his body, and then allowing him to sleep, allowing him to rest? Have you created regular rhythms of rest? Here's the next question I want to ask us today, and that is, what lies have you believed or told yourself? What lies uh, have you believed or told yourself? Let's read verses 9 and 10. Here's what it says. Suddenly the word of the Lord came to him, and he said to him, What are you doing here, Elijah? Now check out Elijah's response. God asks, asks him, What are you doing here, Elijah? What's going on? And Elijah replies this in verse 10. I have been very zealous for the Lord of armies, but the Israelites have abandoned your covenant, torn down your altars, and killed your prophets with the sword. I alone am left, and they are looking for me to take my life. Now this is interesting. Elijah is saying a couple different things here. He's saying, God, like, you know, I've been very zealous for you. I've been trying to listen to you and trying to obey you. And, uh, uh, the, you know, the people have abandoned uh, your law. They've abandoned your promises. They've torn down your altars. They've killed uh, people that seek that. All of that is true. But then Elijah says, I alone am left. I alone am left. And guys, you know, in his head, he had worked up this story that he was the last of the Mohicans. He was the last uh, the last prophet on earth, like the last person who loved God and feared God. And he worked up this story in his head that he was the only person around uh, like this. But if you continue to read in the chapter, uh, you, you, you'll read that God says there were 7,000 people that had yet to bow a knee to Baal. 7,000 other folks who were worshiping God and living for God and honoring God. It wasn't just Elijah by himself, but Elijah created this story in his mind that he was the last prophet on earth, that he was the last person to love and honor God. You know, and so often for us in our lives, we base how we live our lives on a lie. We base, you know, what we believe. We base our emotions. We base our actions on, on what we know, on, on a lie, basically on information that is not true. Sometimes it's a lie that we've made up about ourselves because of insecurities that we've had. We've made up lies about ourselves and, and we, we believe these lies and we live according to these lies. Sometimes it's a lie that's been told to us by someone else and we believe their lie. 
Sometimes it's not like an outright, out, sometimes it's not an outright lie, but it, it's, it's covered up in, uh, and it's clothed in what ifs. And we begin to believe the what ifs. What if this happens? What if this doesn't happen? What if I become sick? What if, uh, what if uh, you know, and we, we come up with all these questions, all these what ifs that are simply not true because we haven't experienced them yet. But yet we are continuing to allow that to shape the way we live our lives. You know, our spiritual enemy, the Bible calls him the father of lies. In fact, in fact, the Bible even says that when he speaks, his native tongue is lying. That's, the, that's his native tongue. And compare that to who Jesus is. Jesus said that he was the way, the truth, and the life. And that means that for us, we shouldn't be living our lives based on a lie, whether we've said that lie about ourselves or whether that lie has been told to us. We shouldn't be living our lives based on what ifs, on the fears of what ifs, of things that have not yet happened. Instead, we should identify those lies and we should reject the lie. And we should, be, we should accept the truth because we are people of truth. We follow Jesus Christ, who is the way, the truth, and the life. And so we need to identify that lie and we need to replace it. Here's the question for you to, med to meditate on. What lies have you believed or have you told yourself? Are you living your life according to a lie? You need to identify that. And by the way, just as a side note, if you have a difficult time identifying those lies in your life, then my suggestion uh, for you would be to ask somebody who loves you, somebody who's close to you, someone within your church family or community that can help you identify those lies as well. Here's the third question I want to ask us today, and that is, when was the last time you quieted your soul to hear from God? When was the last time you quieted your soul to hear from God. Let's read uh, chapter 19 of 1 Kings, verses 11 to 13. Here's what it says. Then he said, Go out and stand on the mountain in the Lord's presence. All right, so God is talking to Elijah and he's telling him, Go, uh, stand on this mountain. He's, he's at this mountain in Mount Horeb. And then God is about to uh, you know, give Elijah an experience. He's going to talk to Elijah. Um, he's going to appear to Elijah. How? That's the question. At that time, the Lord passed by. A great and mighty wind was tearing at the mountains and was shattering cliffs before the Lord. But the Lord was not in the wind. After the wind, there was an earthquake, but the Lord was not in the earthquake. After the earthquake, there was a fire, but the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire, there was a voice, a soft whisper. When Elijah heard it, he wrapped his face in his mantle and went out and stood at the entrance of the cave. When is the last time that you've quieted your soul to hear from God? You know, isn't it fascinating that as we read this passage here, you would think that God may appear to him in the earthquake or in the earth shattering winds or even in the fire, especially, you know, in that we've seen God show up in some miraculous ways so far in the life of Elijah, actually through some of those means such as, you know, the rain or the fire, right? Isn't it amazing that God's appeared to him in different ways before, but in this instance, he appears to him and he talks to him in a soft whisper in a soft voice. And you know, guys, in our lives, there are so many distractions. And those distractions are loud. They make a lot of noise. Sometimes it's our own thoughts. Have you ever been caught in your own thoughts and they were louder than anything that were around you? Sometimes it's our worries. Sometimes it's our fears. And those things can be very loud. 
Sometimes it's the voice of the world that is screaming at us and yelling at us. Sometimes it's the advertisements and the commercials that we see on TV. Sometimes it's social media and the opinion of so many others. And it's loud and it's yelling at us and it's screaming at us. And it makes it very difficult for us to hear from God. Our spiritual enemy is roaring his lies. And it makes it very difficult to hear from God. And he's very loud. And so often when we, we place an expectation on God, we want to hear from God, and our expectation on Him is to hear Him speak loudly and to speak through the miraculous and to speak through very loud means. But so often, He speaks in a whisper. He speaks softly. He speaks quietly. You know, what are the ways that we can hear from God? Maybe you find yourself in this dark moment right now. You find yourself, you know, in this, you know, in deep sorrow and depression and sadness. And you're like, God, I want to hear from God, but I don't know how. Could it be that maybe you're trying to hear from God through these loud uh, means and experiences and you're putting this expectation on God and God is trying to whisper to you? What are some of the ways he speaks to us? We can hear through God. We can hear from God through prayer through spending, quieting our time, quieting our souls long enough to be able to hear from Him in prayer, meditating on God's Word and reading, reading God's Word and spending regular time in God's Word. Sometimes it's, it's listening to God's people and surrounding ourselves with people that are in the same boat, that love Jesus, that are pursuing Him with all their heart, mind, soul, and strength, and, it's, and we can hear from God through them. Now, isn't it funny that we can, hear to, we can hear from God through prayer, through reading God's Word, uh, to, from being with God's people, and those are the very things that we tend to reject the moment we find ourselves in deep sorrow, the moment we find ourselves in difficult circumstances and situations, emotionally or physically or mentally or spiritually, what have you. Those are the very things that we push away. Those are the very things that we reject. Those are the very things we, we tune out the moment we find ourselves in those moments. What if God is trying to whisper to you through those means? What if God is trying to talk to you? But He's being drowned out by all the noise around you. When was the last time you quieted your soul to hear from God? doesn't always speak to us through the earthquakes, the fires, and the wind. Sometimes it's the still, small voice of God. It's through His gentle whispers. And here's the last question I want us to ask ourselves today. And that is, what has God called you to do? What has God called you to do? Let's read verse 15 and 16 as we wrap up today's uh, time in, in, uh, in God's word. Verse 15 and 16 says this, Then the Lord said to him, Go and return by the way you came uh, to the wilderness of Damascus. When you arrive, you are to anoint Hazael as king over Aram. You are to anoint Jehu, son of Nimshi, as king over Israel, and Elisha, son of Shaphat, from Abel Meholah as prophet in your place. Now, maybe you're thinking to yourself right now, Danny, what does that have to do with anything? Well, isn't it interesting that Elijah finds himself in this moment and he finds himself in this deep depression and sorrow, all right, and to the point where he's asking God to, 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 to end his life, and then God begins to tell him to do these things. God essentially is reminding Elijah of his job God is essentially reminding Elijah of the purpose with which he's placed him on earth for. And this is exactly what we can do. You see, it's an act of faith. Though everything is not okay, though we're experiencing much brokenness, though we were going through much hardship, we can continue to obey God and do what he's called us to do. Because at the end of the day, there's a lot of work to be done. 
What has God gifted you? What has God called you to? What, how has God equipped you? We had a discussion about this a few weeks ago about all the different ways that God has called and equipped and wired each and every single one of us to serve the local church, to serve our community and serve the world. What are the ways that God has gifted you? What are the ways that He's equipped you? What are the ways that He's called you to work? In the middle of our hardship, in the middle of our difficulty, in the middle of our brokenness, God is reminding you that He's given you a purpose, that He's given you a job to do. And maybe you're thinking to yourself, well, Daniel, but I'm weak or I'm incapable. Well, you know what God tells you through His Word? Is that His grace is made perfect in your weakness. He tells you and He reminds you in His Word that His grace is sufficient. What if you place down that God is reminding you to pick back up? What has God placed into your hand that you've let go of and God is reminding you and God is telling you right now in the middle of your hardship, in the middle of your trial, in the middle of this difficulty, in the middle of your brokenness to pick it back up because His grace is sufficient. His grace is made perfect in your weakness. Even during a season of sadness, even during isolation, listen, even during a pandemic, what is God calling you to do? What is God asking of you? You know, maybe He's asking you, you know, to parent your children well. Then be the best parent that God has equipped you and called you to do in order to parent your kids and love your kids and serve them well. Maybe right now in this season, He's calling you to work the best you can and, and the situation isn't ideal and you've got to work from home or, or, or what have you, then you're going to work the best that you can in this season of life. And you're going, to, you're going to be the light of Christ to your co-workers and you're going to show them the love of Jesus. Maybe right now He's reminding you to pursue God the way you used Him, the way you used to, to pray to Him, to read your Word and study God's Word, the way you used to and to pursue God with all your might, with all your strength, with all your soul. Maybe He's calling you right now to be a good friend because there's so many others that are in the same situation that you are feeling the same level of sadness or depression or, or that are also going through the same financial difficulties and He's calling you to be a friend, to send them a text and to give them a phone call. Maybe He's calling you to be generous because right now you can't uh, do too much and you can't, maybe, you know, you can't be moving around too, too much or have the means, but you can be generous and you can give towards helping those that are making a difference. For some of you, maybe He's calling you to go and serve and to not be so selfish and to be selfless and to think and to, and to go and serve the vulnerable, to go and serve the marginalized, to go serve others in the middle of all this. What is God calling you to do? What is God calling you to do? Isn't it interesting that Elijah finds himself in this moment and the way God helps him out of it is by reminding him of his job, by reminding him of his purpose. You know, I, I take great comfort in Elijah's roller coaster of a ride his life, of his life because his experience, you see, is my experience as well. And, uh, and I bet it's your experience as well. I bet you use that same roller coaster ride in your life of emotions or difficulties and situations is the same thing. You know what else I take great comfort in? I take great comfort in a God who would enter my mess. I take great comfort in a God who would enter my brokenness, that who would relate to me. And one of the greatest pictures of this I see is Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane. Moments before being led to, to be hung on a cross to pay for the punishment of our sin. He's in the Garden of Gethsemane. He's alone. And he's, he's so profusely fearful and stressed that the Bible says he begins to uh, sweat drops of blood. 
drip from his face because he is in such agony, because he is in such uh, worry, he's in such fear. He's The weight of the, of the world's sin is upon his back, upon his shoulders. Why? Why? Because of his immense love for you and his immense love for me. Why did he go through such agony? Why did he have nails driven through his hands and his feet? Why? So that he could be present with you in this season. If you find yourself going through this season of depression or sadness or hardship, he took the nails on the cross so that he can remain present with you, so that he can relate to the experiences that you have. Because we don't have a God that is far removed, that is distant. We have a God that is close. We have a God that is near. Why did he go through all that? Why did he go through the nails on the hands and the feet, the crown of thorns on his head? Why did he hang his head and die? Why was he placed in a tomb? Why did Jesus die? Why did God raise him from the grave? For the promise that one day we could be made whole and that we can be in the presence of God forever, away from any sort of fear, any sort of sickness, any sort of hardship, any sort of depression or sadness or what have you. Because one day, for those who have put their faith in Jesus Christ, we'll be made whole and we'll be in the presence of God forever. And this is a gift of God's grace that is readily made available to whoever wants. All you have to do is put your faith in Jesus. Now I want to encourage you, if, you, if you're here today and you are finding yourself in a very deep, dark, emotional and uh, in a very difficult place, you know, emotionally. Maybe, maybe you would even say you're depressed. I just want to say that we're here for you. We want to pray uh, with you and for you. We want to hear you. If there's any way we can be of service, any way I can be of service, uh, please let me know. And I know that for a fact that right now there are folks that are watching this service with you, that are in the chat, that would love to pray with you. Uh, many that have gone through that, maybe some that are going through it right now but can give you an ear to listen, that can give you a prayer, that can give you some words of encouragement because that's what we need right now. Um, so I want to encourage you, be brave. Let somebody know. Let somebody know that you find yourself in this season and just recognize these things here. You know, let's, let's create these rhythms of rest in our lives. Let's replace the lies in our lives with God's truth. Listen to the Lord through His still, small voice, through His whispers, through prayer, through reading God's Word, through God's people. And then whatever God's called you to do, be obedient to do it. Let's pray. God, I understand that right now there are many people that are in a season of deep emotional sadness. And Lord, this is such a difficult season for so many, Father. As we wrestle with fear, as we wrestle with doubt, as we wrestle with what-ifs, as we wrestle with erroneous information that is spread throughout the Internet and and Lord, just so much that is battling for our emotions and our minds. Um, but God, I just pray, Father, that uh, that you would help us and that you would help those that are that are struggling with this right now, Father, that you would be with them, that you would be present, God. Lord, I pray, God, that, that we would see the importance of rest and we wouldn't neglect uh, the Sabbath, that we wouldn't neglect the rest, God, and that you that we would see it as a gift from you, God. I, I pray, God, you would help us identify those lies that we've submitted our lives to, Father, and that we would replace those lies with your truth because Jesus is truth, God, so that we would replace uh, those lies with truth. We wouldn't base our lives on lies, God. Lord, I pray that we would be able to listen to your still, small voice, that we'd be able to listen to the whispers of God as we pray, as we read your word, as we commune with God's people, help us, Lord. And Lord, I pray um, that you would give us a renewed sense of purpose 
and that we might be obedient to do what you've called us to do. Lord, I just pray, God, for healing for those that are struggling right now, those that are going through a difficult time, difficult moment, through depression, sadness, or what have you. Father, I pray for healing for them, God, and I pray that they'll be overwhelmed with the sense of your love and the love of your people. God, may we be those people that respond, that we may be able to help find. Lord, and when I struggle, when I go through these seasons of, of darkness and sadness, Lord, I pray, um, God, that by the power of your Holy Spirit, you would encourage me and help me, and Lord, that I would be obedient to listen to you, Father, and not to the lies. Oh, Lord, I thank you, God, for what you're doing in the lives of people right now, even as I pray, God, that it would be done for your glory and your namesake. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.